You're watching the Sustainable Packaging Show. I'm here with Luke on the set. We're doing a quick video now before we get on and we talk about sustainable pre-roll packaging for the cannabis industry. So that's going to be today's episode. But this is kind of like a warm-up because I also do another show called The State of Sustainable Packaging each month. I already did the January edition, but Luke, I recorded it before our morning meeting. I had about 50 cups of coffee and I was just going a little bit crazy that day. So I said, hey, we got to test out the new set and uh, and maybe you can also collaborate and talk about this. So we'll, we'll do a little bit of a recap, but it's great to have you here. Any uh, opening thoughts before we get into some of what I covered on the state of sustainable packaging for January? No, I mean, I'm just excited to be here once again, second time shooting a podcast. So we're just getting into it and being able to talk about a lot of these sustainable topics. It's exciting. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we got a new and improved set, new and improved audio. Um, hope you guys enjoy the show and that we can just bring you guys some thoughts that will help make sustainable packaging the norm. And you know our vision is sustainable packaging that's actually good for the planet. That's what we're looking to do here. And I uh, hope you guys join us at Contempo Specialty Packaging. So the main three things, I was saying like, what are the three trends? And I want to run through them with you and get your take on them. So the three that I picked that I saw for 2022 was recycling being reimagined. And we'll get into each of them in a minute. The reusable revolution, whether it's reusing a container completely or reusing like a deodorant stick and then having a pod. So you're reusing part of the packaging. And then the third one was the emergence of compostable packaging and also the consumers beginning to question or debate like, what do I do with this packaging? And is it really going to be compostable if I'm not in a area that has industrial composting? So those are sort of the three trends that I picked and I know I ran them by you but do you have any other I'm putting you on the spot here I didn't we didn't prepare this one but do you have any other trends that you see for 2022 maybe we can chat about today um I know just one of the main trends that I know I've been focused on a lot here at Contempo is alternative materials um so it kind of plays along with the three topics that you were noting um but really focusing on moving away from you know the virgin plastics of the world and the virgin just paperboards of the world and finding those alternatives that give you either a slight improvement or a major improvement in terms of your overall footprint of your packaging. Absolutely. And more and more clients saying wanting to move away from plastic, I think just based on the trends of the world and the awareness that there's better stuff that's coming and better stuff that's out there. And and also we see bans. I, I was just talking to a New Jersey cannabis client and there's bans on exit packaging in not just cannabis, but any industry. Uh, plastic single use, um, something they call them t-shirt bags. Um, those are now being banned and and there's stuff in Europe where it's, I believe they're saying like a percentage of recycled content. So there's just, what I'm saying is those alternative materials, I think we're seeing not just because of the consumers asking for it and the social pressures, but also we see some, some government bans or government, uh, hand in, in this as well, which, um, we can talk about at some point. So let's dive into the three, the recycling reimagined. What I meant by this was the traditional magic blue bin, as I called it earlier. And I sort of like that term where when I was first learning about sustainability, I said, wait a minute. And sustainable packaging, I said, wait a minute, just because I'm throwing this thing in this blue bin and I feel like a wonderful, great person that I'm doing my part. Okay. It's, it's not going in the blue bin that makes it sustainable. It's what happens afterwards. So I think there's a lot of questioning about 
why uh, whether recycling is effective. Where do you think that came from? Do you think that was all those talks about China rejecting the plastic or, or fr- from the states and not taking it? Like, where did that whole thing come? Where I think consumers altogether have questioned the efficacy of recycling. Where do you think that came from? Yeah, I mean, with recycling, the topic of wish cycling. I know that's a a term that's been thrown around a lot, and you know, just because you know plastics can be recycled or certain papers can be recycled, you automatically assume, oh, I can just throw this into the magic blue bin that you're you're noting. And just because you have the ability to throw it in that blue bin doesn't mean that there is a a secondary market to be able to repurpose that material, whether it be plastic or paper, and therefore eliminates the, the recyclability of certain products, even if they have that chasing arrows recyclable symbol it doesn't always note that that may not be recycled at the end of the day right right so when i say recycling reimagined i think about what are some examples and there's a few that you've become friendly with that we can give a shout out on the show we like to give shout outs to some of our friends on the show so a few examples where it's okay recycling some people say recycling is dead and i say no stop you know stop saying that maybe we need to recycle smarter we need to be more in tune with what is actually being recycled, or we need to think about recycling differently. But don't start saying recycling is dead because then people are just going to be like, well, what's the hope? Let me just throw it in the landfill. So we don't want to be saying recycling is dead. We have to be smarter about it, is my take. Um, And I think you would agree with that statement. Absolutely. So what are some examples? Talk about some of our colleagues or or friends, what they're doing. The the team in uh, Middletown, Rhode Island, we're based in Rhode Island, so we've got to give a local shout out here. What are they doing? I think that was just a very cool example of recycling, but not uh, blue bin recycling. So talk Absolutely. about that. Yeah. So it's a great, great organization, Clean Ocean Access out of Middletown, Rhode Island. So they are currently, uh, as you know, in New England, the, the winter comes around ever so often and you must wrap up or preserve your boats for that winter season. Um, they typically use a very thick uh, plastic wrap, shrink wrap, to go over these boats. Big white wraps, if you've seen them before. Absolutely. And with these kind of flexible films, they're really hard to recycle. Not impossible to recycle, but they provide a additional challenge for recyclers to repurpose and repelletize. So what Clean Ocean Access is doing, they're actually collecting this boat wrap film, um, they're expected to actually collect around 200,000 pounds of this material this coming year uh, after the winter season. It's wild. And they are working with actually another creative recycler, TerraCycle, to repelletize this ocean boat wrap. And they are looking to potentially remake it into that same exact boat wrap, but now being 100% recycled, an option that wasn't presently there beforehand. So if you picture that as recycled reimagined or recycling reimagined rather than using virgin plastic to make more boat wrap. So that's that's great. And also think about all that boat wrap that would probably would have gone into a landfill or most definitely would have gone into a landfill. Multiply that over all the boats that are preserved across the world. Think about that. So it's almost like recycling reimagined in my mind is almost thinking differently and either saying, okay, is this actually going to be recycled? What do I need to do as a consumer to make sure this is recycled in the blue bin, not, not wish cycling? Or it's creating these creative like closed loop systems where you you recycle yourself or you you think you set up an infrastructure yourself you're not depending on this third party to recycle for you necessarily so that's Absolutely. sort of that's the, that's the recycle revolu- uh, recycle reimagine part 
The next thing is the reusable revolution. All right, what do you think about these terms? They're kind of overly dramatic, but you know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. So the reusable revolution. This is all the packaging that we see in stores, these these models where, okay, rather than using the product once and then buying another one, you reuse it, which has some infrastructure challenges, but there's some companies that have been been able to do this as well. Kind of similar to what we're saying with the recycling reimagine is like creating these closed loop systems that where you sort of control this. And and before I get your comment in the cannabis industry early on, people were saying, okay, I would love to buy an industry jar, which is our child resistant jar that keeps the product very fresh. That's just a side comment. We don't want to uh, get in too much there. And they said, can I buy it and then reuse it and sterilize it? But there were some questions about, you know, transporting the cannabis across state lines to be, uh, even if it's an empty container, maybe there's a little bit and can I cross state lines with it? And that, that sort of, um, became a challenge or, or held things up there. But talk about reusable models. What's going on in the world of reusable? What are some of the pros and cons? Um, if you, if you have some comments, I'd love to hear them. Yeah. So the topic of reusable packaging really isn't a brand new topic. I mean, for a larger scale, it is a brand new topic with programs like Loop really growing out in scale in Europe currently with fully aluminum packaging and a closed loop system of returning and de- getting that return deposit back for a fully aluminum container with brands like Haagen-Dazs, their, their typical pint-style ice cream being now contained in a, a fully aluminum package that can be reused over and over again is, is quite exciting. But in my time, I, I actually studied abroad over in Europe for six months, and the bottle deposit programs that they have with, with glass packaging and, and things like that, they, they charge you more up front um, to purchase uh, water in a, in a glass bottle, um, for example. But they encourage you to return that by incentivizing that bottle deposit fee. You want mm-hmm. that money back that you paid it extra for. What for is that. it typically? Is it like a like a five cent fee and the, that they tag on, or do you, do you remember what it was when it, you were in Europe? Yeah, it was right around like a ten cent fee. Um, ten cents. So it, it is kind of it's not a huge amount, but it at least kind of incentivizes incentivizes that user to bring that bottle back. Yeah, that over everything that you utilize over the course of a year would add up and. And I think about it, recycling is you would take that glass bottle, crush it down, and turn it into a new product versus these reusable models are take that same glass bottle, don't change it, sterilize it, and reuse it. So I just think of that as a as a way to contrast between the two. What do you think – I mean, I also think you, you, you said it well and reminded me. It's kind of like the milkman model, right, exactly. from back in the day. It's yeah. not, so I like how you said it's been around for a while. Are there any differences in how it's being applied today versus – the milkman model, or is this a case where maybe we had the the right ideas back in the day, and we just need to relook at some of them and see if how they apply? No, and I think it it really is at its very core the milkman model just being revisited again. Um, and of course, you know now with e commerce and everything being ordered online, the supply chain is definitely impacted with those reusable programs being able to ship them to the centers to be sanitized and reprocessed and then repacked. Um, I'm sure there's a incredible amount of thinking that goes into setting up those programs but right and also there's there's shipping implications around that as well and 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 but like we say there's no perfect sustainable packaging solution so we have to think about progress not perfection which is why i don't spend my time thinking about the downsides of shipping around reusable containers i say 
that's actually pretty cool. Someone's trying to do something special. And I think as long as the heart is in the right place where the motive is, I want to do something that's good for the planet, we support them here. And we encourage you guys to think the same way. Let's build positive momentum and support people that are doing things or trying to do things that are good for the planet rather than just being have, having a critical mind with the very people that are trying to achieve the same mission. So I think that's really important. One other thing, as you said, when you said e-commerce, I didn't list it as one of these, but just how to make e-commerce packaging more sustainable, I think will be a trend for 2022 because we haven't seen a whole lot of that yet, but I think that's one of the big trends. E-commerce is better and it's so much more convenient, right? It's better in so many ways, but the waste in the packaging is absurd, right? I, t- I said on the show, I recently got married and we got some gifts for the wedding and my garage was just, it just amplified it was almost like meant to be. I saw it firsthand. I was like, okay, we could do that better. We could do that better. We could do that better. But the the waste of e-commerce is excessive and it's only going to continue. So I think that'll be a trend for the new year, which is how do we make e-commerce packaging more uh, sustainable? Do you have any comments on that? No, I mean, just with the amount of orders being placed online every, every day, every week, um, it just increases the amount of those, you know, those bubble mailers that are multiple layers of plastic or just an increasing amount of corrugate boxes just being made and and processed and then having to recycle them over and over again. Um, It's a whole lot of energy being put into packaging that could be rethought of uh, with a lot of these topics. Like how do you rethink the e-commerce packaging? Like how do you, how do you think and strategize around that? We have some thoughts on that. Maybe we'll do an episode on that entirely um, because that's a, Talk about impact, that would be major impact. And Absolutely. That's, that's what it's all about. So the third one that I want to talk about, I think that was great, recycling, reusable. The emergence of compostables and questioning the end of life would be the third one. So again, to the comment of progress, not perfection, we are not here to downplay compostables. In fact, we sell compostable packaging. So, But we just want to bring you guys the education so you understand these topics like for me, I want to, when I buy anything, I want to understand what I'm buying. I don't like it being, and I think in sustainable packaging, sometimes it's just like this mystery and people don't really talk about it. So we hope to talk about it on the show, but you see more and more compostable packaging. You see more packaging that says compostable on it. You see industrial compostable, you see home compostable, you see TUV, you see different certifications, BPI. So there's excitement around compostables. But then coupled with that is this thought process that I'm hearing from more and more people. Hey, this is an industrial compostable, but I don't have industrial compostable in my area. So I think it's a great trend, but the consumer, as they're becoming more educated, is getting a little bit skeptical is my uh, analysis of that trend. So do you have any initial comments in there? And then we can do, I can ask some other questions, but what do you think about that in general? Yeah. I mean, with compostable products becoming more and more available, um, every day it's it's a really exciting concept because we're slowly but surely moving away from the virgin plastics of the world uh, with these hopeful new products corn-based plastics um, a whole bunch of different bio-based plastics maybe hemp plastics maybe hemp plastics as well um that's a really exciting development that's that's sure to impact the industry in a huge way but compostable products as it stands right now um the consumers are kind of questioning oh can i throw an industrial compost pop tube in, in my backyard compost. Uh, what's the difference between industrial and home compost? And 
I think that's a, a big topic that needs to be clarified, um, especially when somebody's marketing those products. Exactly. And, and people saying, what do I do with this thing? Okay, I don't have industrial. If you have industrial composting in your area, great. I think it's universally a very positive thing. If I don't, what do I do with it? Uh, let me throw in the magic blue bin. Don't do that, right? You're going to ruin the recycling stream. Uh, let me put in my home compost. Okay, it's probably, I mean, my understanding, it's going to break down. It just didn't break down fast enough to be considered home compostable. The difference between home compostable and industrial compostable largely, again, I'm learning this stuff, so uh, bear with me here, but I think this will help for you guys to hear. It's really a matter of time. Did it break down enough in that time period? So it's still probably okay to put in your home compost, but it's it's just not going to break down anytime soon. So it might be frustrating that it's not breaking down. Right. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I mean, it's all about the education. The one thing that we like to talk about a lot is educating the consumer about where you can put that industrial compost tube if it will impact, you know, if you're using your home compost for your garden soil for the next year, um, you mo- more than likely don't want a pop tube fertilizing your flowers. Who knows? You know, to um, each their own, right? But um, the rise of home composting products is really important, I see, because the availability of industrial compost facilities as it stands right now isn't isn't really huge in the United States, whereas in Europe, um, they're moving a lot quicker with making those available for the consumers that utilize those industrial compost products and the people that produce those products. Yeah, it's definitely more, more common in Europe. Um, to me, it's always... The question of like, okay, it sounds so good. By the way, another tidbit, a lot of compostable plastics have some small trace amounts of petroleum plastic in them. Did you know? Okay. Did you know? I know you know. But it's a it's a combination of things. So sometimes people say made from plants and it, it technically is and it's wonderful. Again, I'm not poking fun here, but just for the education, there's usually small amounts of petroleum plastics to make up these biopolymers. Um, okay. The other point, almost lost my train of thought there. The fact of, for me, when I think about about compostable, the downside is it's like, okay, the the upside is pretty clear, right? The idea that this traditional plastic would have, you know, can turn into um, a productive, nutrient-rich soil and turn into compost. But the downside is we are taking away the possibility of the blue bin. So at least if the, you know, the magic blue bin, which is good in some cases. So if it's a... Uh, petroleum-based plastic, I can at least recycle it. I have that option and opportunity versus if you go with a bioplastic, you have one of two options, landfill or um, or it's composted, which is a good thing. So I think about that, like the only downside is you're taking away the possibility of recycling and you need to be clear that your consumers shouldn't try to recycle it because that's uh, obviously a bad thing. Any comments? Is that clear? Or I'm just sort of brainstorming as we're going along. But what do you think about what I just said? No, I mean, it definitely is clear. Um, just making the consumers aware that the industrial compost facility may not be necessarily available in your area. Um, it's always great to to check. I know there's a lot of available resources online where you can research the availability of industrial compost facilities. And, and if it's a home compostable product, then great. Uh, I encourage you to start your own backyard home compost bin um, and utilize that for what you will. Mm-hmm. We got to make it easy for people. We have to make it easy for the you know the average consumer, even myself. It's like okay, I got I got like a, a busy life. Like I'm not going to 
research like every last thing. Oh, can I, is there a compost area? Will, will the, just being transparent. Um, so as brands and packaging companies, how do we make it easy for our consumers to understand what to do with the packaging is definitely a large topic that we'll dig into. So those are the three trends. Um, plus the e-commerce. I think that's another one that is definitely going to happen, making e-commerce packaging more sustainable. Anything else before we close out this? This has been sort of like a recap of the January 2022 episode slash a warm-up for today's show on sustainable pop-tops or sustainable single pre-roll. Any closing comments, Luke? No, I mean, just get ready for the next episode where we cover sustainable pop-top options. Get ready. All right. I love it. All right. Thanks as always for watching the Sustainable Packaging Show and listening to the Sustainable Packaging Show podcast. Reach out to Contempo Specialty Packaging, wow at contemplopackaging.com for any collaboration whatsoever. Anyone who's like-minded wanting to make sustainable packaging the norm and is looking for sustainable packaging that is actually good for the planet. The time for greenwashing is over. Thank you for listening.